Good morning and welcome to the Chamber's first ever State of Law Enforcement Address. Um, we are thankful for each of you joining us this morning. Um, what we are doing today is we are going to have each of our police chiefs and our county sheriff address you today on what uh, their departments have done within the last year and what their goals are for this year. It's just a great way for us to keep the public informed and also to to present this to all of our members and um, businesses in the area. So at this time, we will um, turn it over to um, Chief Nick Bowles with the City of Anniston, and uh, he'll come up and each of them will introduce themselves um, as they're up here. And let's get this going. Good morning, everyone or afternoon, depending on when you're watching this. Um, I'm Chief Nick Bowles, Anderson Police Department. I was appointed the chief in July of 2020. So if you don't know me, there it is. Um, 2020 was a strange year for everyone. As everyone knows, the police departments in Cadden County are no different. Anderson is no different. 2019 was a historic low in the terms of crime rate for the city of Anniston. Um, in 2020, those crime rates rose slightly, um, still low over our five-year average, still, you know, very low crime. And I would um, give credit to the police officers on the street. I give credit to citizens being more involved um, and give credit to our federal partners. We are involved with um, the um federal government, the uh, FBI, ATF, task forces, and, and other, other agencies that are um, involved in law enforcement in the county and help us get heavy hitters off the street and, and getting them longer terms in prison and getting them out of your community. Um, 2020, we were awarded the SPI grant. It's a strategies in police innovation. It was about $430,000 that allowed us to buy some equipment that you may have seen. Um, we've gotten it up in the, over the past couple of weeks with mobile cameras, with pole cameras that allow us to surveil certain locations. The implementation of that grant is actually for property crime, specifically for auto thefts and auto B&Es. However, when we're looking for those things and the uh, our partnership with JSU, when they're gathering the data on those things, it also allows us to solve other crimes that happen in those areas. So with 2021, we've seen a new council that's been voted in in Anniston. Um, the police department is excited to work with the council and with the city um, like we've never done before. And we're able to better serve all of our communities. Um, I mentioned the SPI grant and the cameras that have gone up and the data that's being collected. Um, we're excited to see that realized. We're excited to see the council get behind this. I just spoke with some people the other day and they're talking about giving us some additional funds to purchase some additional cameras so that we can bring all this together. The days of Bonnie and Clyde are over. Um, back in the day where the criminals had more manpower, they had more um, weaponry, they had better weapons than the police had, those days are over. Um, we've caught up the technology. We have to outsmart the criminals nowadays and using technology and, and better things like that is the way to do it. So we're excited to get on board with that. In 2021, um, you'll see the Anderson Police Department do more public outreach. We're going to tell you about this technology. We're going to 
you know, um, ex expand on where this, where the cameras are and things like that. Um, we're going to, since the grant is to do, has to do with um, thefts and vehicle thefts and auto B&Es, we're going to do some public outreach, basically educating the public that you can stop your vehicle from being broken into or stolen with some very simple techniques like locking your doors, keeping your valuable items um, out of view of the public and very simple things like that. So we're going to do some public outreach. Um, also, we see a lot of scams happen, a lot of white collar crimes um, involving the elderly and, and vulnerable people, um, online scams, phone scams, IRS scams, credit card scams. It happens a lot. Um, it costs people a lot of money. It costs people a lot of time. It costs people, you know, their dignity in some cases. Um, so you'll see, you'll see some of those initiatives coming out. We last year created the Community Relations Unit of the Anderson Police Department. Um, we used them last year a good bit, depending on how this, you know, public gathering and virus situation works. We'll get the Community Relations Unit back out there in the community. Um, so we're excited to see them. So in closing, I will tell you that um, I am the chief of the Anderson Police Department, but this is not my police department. It's Anderson's Police Department, and we're dedicated to protecting the citizens and the visitors of Anderson. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Chief Marcus Wood of the uh, City of Jacksonville Police Department. Uh, City of Jacksonville, I've only been the chief there in the City of Jacksonville for uh, two years now. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to do when I first became chief of uh, the City of Jacksonville uh, was to ensure that our police department uh, was able to respond to calls uh, in an efficient manner. So we created zones for our police officers. Uh, to give them less area of work to work with. Uh, so they, you know, weren't all over the whole city trying to concentrate on the whole city. They only had certain areas that they had to concentrate on. Uh, so after implementing that system, we've been able to see that our response times have went down drastically. We're able to get the calls uh, more often and quickly, oftentimes before some of our suspects leave the scene, which helps us to uh, be able to make contact with them, sometimes put them in jail when needed. Uh, and cut down on repeat offenses and repeat responses uh, to those same addresses. Along with that, uh, we are currently in the process of uh, creating a more fluid and communication-driven uh, business check system uh, to where we can concentrate and talk to our business owners, let them know how often and when we do check their businesses, uh, hopefully that we can stop those crimes in progress where people are breaking into businesses, breaking in cars and the parking lots of those businesses so that we can in turn ensure that the, the patrons that come to those businesses feel safe uh, and realize that they can go there, whether it be day or night, and do those. So if you're a business owner in the city of Jacksonville, someone from my office will be contacting you uh, within the next week to ensure that we have the proper uh, phone number, email, uh, contact person for your business. So if we need to communicate with you or contact you, we do have that information. Uh, crime rates, Jacksonville's never been a city that has a lot of high crime or violent crime. We do have um, a lot of B&Es, uh, but in 2020, 2021, our hope is that, that we're gonna do more uh, public service announcements <clears throat> uh, to allow most of our uh, people in the city are 
live off campus or college students. So we want to just make them concentrate on making sure they lock their doors, not leaving laptops and MacBooks and things like that in their vehicles uh, when they're not in class. And we know a lot of college students are running back and forth. So they either leave their keys in their car, uh, leaving those things in their car, leaving their doors unlocked. So we just want to make sure that they concentrate on that so that they don't get their belongings uh, stolen. Because what we've seen as a crime trend is uh, those who are breaking in cars and not using force, not breaking windows and just checking door handles and opening cars and taking stuff out of cars that are unlocked. Uh, one of our other goals for this year is we want to make sure that we continue using the resources that are available to us. Uh, things like the EMAC Center in the city of Oxford and using JSU and their uh, data gathering department to look at the high crime areas in the city of Jacksonville. Uh, look at crime trends in the city of Jacksonville, uh, see when those things are happening when we have students in, in the city and see if it's happening when students are not in session or classes are not in session. So we wanna use those resources to see when uh, those different types of crimes are happening and when they're happening and try to be able to combat that and talk about those uh, when that stuff is happening. Um, as you'll see, along with some other police departments, we've been able to purchase one of the uh, camera trailers. Uh, so we're putting that in areas that we're having issues at. Uh, one example of that is, is, you know, before we got that trailer, we were having a number of shoplifting cases at Walmart. Uh, we were able to get that trailer uh, first from one from the EMAC and then we got our own but we were able to put that in the parking lot of, of uh, the Walmart Supercenter there in Jacksonville. And within a week, our shoplifting cases dramatically uh, dropped. We went from having about one a day to having one if none a week. Um, so it shows that the use of technology has been a very good tool for us. It allows our dispatchers with that camera trailer to see real time or, or get real time information on vehicle descriptions, uh, suspect descriptions, direction of travel. Because a lot of times when the person calls, there's a, a gap in time uh, when that information is relayed, which usually gives that person a three to five minute head start before law enforcement. So it enables us to be able to get real time information and be able to help concentrate on those people and get them in custody uh, so they can quit being repeat offenders. Uh, one of my goals in 2021 as the police chief of the city of Jacksonville is um, peer support and mental health stability of our officers. Uh, a lot of time our officers go out and they see things that people just can't imagine um, and they have to live with it day in and day out. So uh, myself and the command staff at the city of Jacksonville, our goal is gonna be to uh, concentrate on the mental stability of our officers, uh, ensure that they have someone to talk to when they are facing those difficult times. You know, what we've seen in law enforcement, a, a lot of officers that feel like they don't have anybody to talk to and, and suicide numbers among law enforcement are high. Uh, so it's my goal to ensure that, you know, we never have to deal with that in the city of Jacksonville or around Calhoun County and make peer support a resource for our officers and let them know they have somebody to talk to. Uh, so those are the things going on in the city of Jacksonville. And, uh, we're here to serve you. So if you need us, call us and uh, we'll try our best to help you. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Alan Kelly. I'm the chief of police, the Alachia Police Department. I was appointed on January the 6th, 2021. Uh, the town of Hatchie is located in the northwest corner of Calhoun County. It has a population of approximately 1,400 
according to the U.S. Census in 2019. The police department is made up of a chief of police, four patrol officers, and two part-time patrol officers. Uh, as everybody knows, in 2020, uh, we had an invisible threat um, worldwide, and it really changed the policies and procedures and day-to-day -day operations in law enforcement. As we adapted to the new normal, the pandemic that our officers faced, along with the rest of the community and the entire world, uh, our main focus was uh, to avoid contracting the virus and uh, remaining safe and healthy. In the process, we've maintained a close working relationship with surrounding agencies of Ohatchee, especially Sheriff Wade and the Calhoun County Sheriff's Office. We partnered with the EMAC, many thanks to Chief Bill Partridge and all his staff for everything they've been able to do uh, in Northeast Alabama, this region, and Calhoun County. Uh, a lot of crime has been solved through joint efforts and intelligent-led policing. We will continue to work closely with the agencies and continue to keep our community safe. As our budget is limited due to the size of our town and revenue and the small number of businesses that we have, uh, we're progressively working to apply for grants and market our town for growth and development. In 2021, the police department will have increased the hours for individual officers training. We realize and recognize there are 12 CEUs that officers have to get every year, but you only get what you put into something is all that you'll get out of it. Uh, in that effort, we've enrolled in the virtual academy to receive training in-house in many areas of law enforcement. The virtual academy provides quality scenario-based training from world's leading experts. We're also in the process of starting a mental health and wellness program well, mental wellness has been an issue that has been recognized nationally in our location. And each agency must do their part to ensure that their officer's health and safety are never taken for granted. Uh, a local program here in the state of Alabama is the peer support program. Uh, we have used it in the past. Uh, several officers in our area have been trained in peer support and they're there for each other to have somebody to reach out and talk to who understands what we go through on a daily basis. 2020 has already started, 2021 has already started off on a positive note in Ohatchee. With a vision and a driven spirit to obtain our goals and pave the road to our path to our vision. Uh, thank you for your time today. If you have any questions, I can be reached at the office at any time. Uh, if I'm not available at the time that you call or contact me, I will contact you back. Uh, we look forward to working with the community, our community leaders, churches and schools, and our local agencies that surround us. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm uh, Matthew Wade, the Sheriff of Calhoun County. I've been Sheriff of going on uh, five years now. And um, I'd like to start off with a little explanation of what the sheriff office actually does, because a lot of times people, what's the difference between a police department and the sheriff's office? Well, the sheriff has uh, many functions, but we can break them down to three groups. Uh, we have 
all the responsibility of the security of the courthouse. We have the responsibility of the county jail. And we also have the responsibility for policing unincorporated areas of Calhoun County. So you wonder what the sheriff polices or doesn't police. Can the sheriff pull you over? Can you write a ticket? We can do anything that any other police agency does. Our main area of focus is for those homes and residents that are outside of any municipality's jurisdiction or unincorporated Calhoun County. And out of that, it's hard to figure the exact numbers, but we think we have between 30 and 40,000 people in unincorporated Calhoun County that we're responsible for. Our patrol division has gone through the, uh, this past year we have signed up for what's called virtual academy so we can get our deputies better training. 2020 has been uh, rough with the COVID. Uh, myself has gone through that and, uh, and experienced it and made it through and numerous deputies have also had it, but we've never, during 2020, we never shut down our organization. We never changed our service to people. And it was my pledge to make sure that uh, we continued our services as best we could uh, to make sure the citizens of Calhoun County's homes and businesses were protected. And I believe we accomplished that goal and we're still working to make sure that that happens each and every day. One of the bigger issues is a trend that people are not wanting to get into law enforcement. So we have to fight uh, recruitment battles each and every day to, to hire and retain people in law enforcement. Uh, if you've watched the national news for the past several years, being in law enforcement has not necessarily been the most popular uh, profession to choose, but uh, we do our best to make sure that we provide very good equipment and very good training for everybody, everyone. The one thing that's lacking is being able to pay enough money to retain these people. Um, there's a national push for law enforcement officers to have more standards, and I'm definitely for those standards. But one part of those standards that most uh, people are not legislating for is with increased standards, making it a profession and not a job, is to increase that pay to a level that you attract and retain good quality employees, which is a key to having professional law enforcement. Um, we're seeing the people that we do have are, are good people. They're higher, have higher education and they're in it because they wanna make a difference in their community. We're just trying to find ways to make sure we can retain them uh, financially and also look for ways to recruit other people to come into our agency. We've struggled with uh, our patrol division being staffed enough to make sure that uh, we're running probably three quarters uh, full on our patrol division and that makes it difficult. Unlike cities, you know, we have one call might be in Piedmont, the next call might be almost in Talladega. So we do have districts, but uh, you know, when you don't have but three or four deputies working on the road, it makes for longer response time. So we're working on trying to get recruiting up. We have four in the police academy right now, and uh, we have two more waiting to go. So when we lose an officer, it's not as simple as hiring another one. It normally takes, if you hire a, a new deputy that's not been certified yet, it normally takes nine months from when they're hired to when they can work on their own. So losing somebody is very difficult on an agency because it's not as simple as plugging, you know, hire and put somebody to work. It takes months before they're ready to do that on their own. Um, one of the things that we have done, uh, Chief Woods, uh, talked about it, but we have a system in place where every one of our businesses, we have their email and cell phones and every Wednesday they get a email from us telling the dates and times of where we've checked their businesses. 
In that, they get a little letter from me, and it has my email address, and it has my cell phone number. So if they respond to that email, or if they want to call me, they can. And we found that to be very uh, encouraging to business owners to be able to do that. Uh, them seeing the dates and times, and that just makes them feel better. And when there is a problem, they just respond to the email, and I'll respond right back to them directly. And that's really worked out very well for us. And we've also grown that to going into uh, private citizens, going out on a vacation or you have something going on in your neighborhood, you can do a patrol request. You can do it on our online or you can call us or email us and we'll do that. And every Thursday, you'll get an email detailing the dates and times of when deputies checked your area for the problem that you said you have. So uh, that's a very big community outreach thing for us. And that's the big thing that we want to do is make sure we do this together. Law enforcement can't be everywhere. It takes all of us working together to make this happen. So having your trust and community involvement, we have more conversation and we're able to better assist our citizens and make our community safer. Uh, our courthouse, uh, just a little numbers there. We get over 10,000 visitors a month to the courthouse. And so deputies have to perform security checks there. We have seven judges and uh, a lot of business goes on there. With the COVID has slowed down a little bit, but we still have to, uh, the business still has to go on. We still have to carry people up there. Inmates still have to get processed. So that's been a very challenging thing, but we're making do with that. In the jail, which is a big issue for us, we have 500 plus people in our jail. Just some numbers there, about 500 people get arrested a month, about 500 people get out a month. So the number stays right around 500 to 550, which is a, a whole lot of people to take care of. Um, in doing so, it's a, it's a very hard job to be a corrections officer. Just last night, we had a correctional officer that uh, was going to release an inmate. He went to go get him. He was being released on a misdemeanor. He went to get him, and when he gave him a pen to sign the paperwork to get out, he stabbed the officer uh, multiple times in the face and in the head. So this is, this is something that we have to combat with why would somebody want to work in corrections uh, for, for not a lot of money and do such a dangerous job? But God bless him and God bless the people that do it because it is a difficult, difficult job. Um, I can't repeat how proud we are of those people that go and work in the jail and, and, and endure that each and every day. We're thankful for them. But some of the things we've done for the COVID, we've been very blessed in the jail. When this all, when the COVID started happening, we got together thinking, what can we do to ensure that we did everything we could to keep an inmate from getting COVID, getting sick or dying? And so far, we haven't had that happen. We didn't have our first case, COVID case in the jail until August. So we feel really good about what we were doing, which included we bought spray foggers back in March. Uh, we implemented a cleaning program, a disinfecting program. Every inmate gets a mask. Uh, we have nurses 24 hours a day to make sure we treat and uh, take care of uh, the inmates in jail. And our cleaning program has been very successful. We've probably had about 20 inmates that's had the COVID. None of them have had to be hospitalized. Uh, they are all mild symptoms. Uh, and so we've been very blessed with that and very lucky. And that matters to you, the citizen, because that's taxpayer dollars that's spent on these people. And so keeping them out of the hospital is definitely uh, saving us money, saving you money. And uh, one thing that we're going to do in 2021 is the county commission has given us uh, 
an opportunity to fix some issues in the jail. They're going to redo about a two and a half million dollar remodel to the county jail, which will include giving us some mental health sales, some suicide sales, and we'll be able to see them direct supervision as the jail was designed 35 years ago. That wasn't an issue then. Well, mental health issues have soared and uh, the design that wasn't included, but we're going to do this uh, renovation where we'll be able to protect people who were mentally ill, who were suicidal, which once again, saving their lives will save taxpayer monies. And plus it's just the right thing to do. You know, I'm not in charge of punishment. I'm in charge of housing them and taking care of them uh, under the constitution to the best of our ability. If anybody says a county jail is a, uh, is a Marriott, they just haven't been there, but we do our best to do the right thing by them. If your child was in there, you'd want us to do the right thing. And that's what we do in this two and a half million dollar upgrade will uh, will definitely help us protect people's lives who are suicidal and mentally ill. Just like the inmate that attacked the officer last night, we feel that he might have a mental illness. And if we'd have had a, a little bit better design, maybe we would have prevented that. So that's our future plans for the jail for 2021. You'll actually be able to see some visible work being done outside the facility. Um, pistol permits is always a big issue. Uh, people want to know about pistol permits. We've never stopped doing pistol permits since uh, 2021. I know some sheriffs during the COVID cut that out. I felt that was wrong. Uh, we've never stopped pistol permits. And uh, a lot of buzz goes around about what that money is used for. Under And every sheriff's office has local bills that are different. In Calhoun County, 62.5% of every permit that's sold goes into a fund. That fund can only be used to purchase uh, patrol vehicles. So we pur purchase every patrol vehicle off that pistol permit fund. So when we save our money up, have enough money, we buy vehicles. If we don't have any money, we don't buy any vehicles. So it doesn't come out of general fund money. It is a tax. People do pay for it. But that 62.5% comes from people buying permits. The other 37.5% is used to buy any type of equipment, fund any kind of training, uh, any kind of miscellaneous need that the sheriff's office might have, ammunition, uh, just any kind of equipment or training. And once again, we save our money and when we can afford to get something, we do that. And that really helps the burden between us and the county commission, we self-manage it. And so that's how your pistol permit funds are used. So um, I hope that explains a little bit. Just know that uh, being your sheriff is a very great honor to me, only second to the greatest honor of being a father. But um, if we can ever help you at the sheriff's office, please call us. I always give my cell phone out. It's 256-310-9114. And uh, thank you for allowing us to serve. And we want to make sure that we serve you and be in community partners. So uh, if you have any questions, please call us. Thank you very much. Good morning. I'm Bill Partridge with the city of Oxford. I want to give you a couple of crime stats from our city over the last year. Well, first of all, I want to thank our men and women who work tirelessly every day, 24-7, to keep our city safe. And if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to tell you these great crime stats this morning. For instance, assault, felony assaults were down 10.5% in the city last year. B&E autos, which is breaking and entering of auto, was down 66.7%. Burglaries in the city were down 8.3%. Robberies were down 75%. Violent crimes such as shooting and stabbings were down 74%. And theft of property was down 7.9%. And vehicle thefts were down 60% over the city in the last year. What I want to talk to you about now is the East Metro Area Crime Center. Uh, we started that in the summer of 2019. 
And of course, even there, having gone through a pandemic last year, we still have over 30 agencies who are involved in this as a regional concept. We have state, federal, and local agencies who work tirelessly every day to help solve crimes across our region. Last year, even during the pandemic, the Crime Center assisted in over 1,500 cases across our region. That's not just in Calhoun County, but that's across the East Central North and, and, and uh, South Central Alabama. Uh, like I said, there's over 30 agencies involved in that. Uh, as we continue to build our infrastructure of camera systems across our city and across our region, we're gonna continue to see crime drop in those areas. Those, those actually assist um, tremendously every day in helping to solve not only minor crimes, but violent crimes. Uh, some of the things that we did last year with the uh, East Metro Area Crime Center was our cyber crimes units cases tripled over the last year and a half. Um, some of the high profile things that we've assisted with over the last year was we assisted the FBI in the Nashville Police Department in the Christmas Day bombing in Nashville. And we also assisted the U.S. Capitol Police and the FBI in the incursion of the U.S. Capitol back on January the 6th. Some of the things that we're going to be focusing on this year is crimes against children. If you're a pervert and you live in our region, we're coming after you this year. That is one of the things that we're going to hit hard and heavy this year. We are not going to tolerate individuals preying on our children. And we're going to be working with several different agencies to make that an effective thing this year. Uh, I want to first uh, here talk about the men and women who actually do the job every day. It's a very difficult job. They're, being, they're put in very difficult situations. Uh, they have to make critical decisions at a moment's notice. And I don't think that they get the re respect that they deserve on a daily basis. If it wasn't for these men and women, we would have chaos in our cities and our counties across our country. And we see many of them spreading false narratives about law enforcement being the problem in society. If we start defunding law enforcement, as we've, as we've heard across our nation, the only people that are gonna hurt from this are the people who actually need law enforcement the most. So I ask all of you to please support your law enforcement agencies and your law enforcement officers. They do a very difficult job and they do it sometimes at very low pay and long hours. It's a very stressful job. And we want to support those men and women who are out here every day doing that job. And with that being said, that is the state of our city and that is the state of our East Metro Area Crime Center. I thank the chamber this morning for having us here to actually talk about what's going on in our cities. I think that's a good idea. I believe openness to our communities and letting people know what we're doing on a daily basis is a good thing. And I hope we continue to do that. And I hope you have a great day. I would like to thank each of you for um, each of the chiefs for being here today, as well as the sheriff for giving us these reports. Um, Chief Bush with Weaver and Chief Norton with Piedmont could not be here with us today. Um, but we feel sure that in the future, as we continue these each year, they'll join as well. Um, I thank each of you who have joined us on this webinar today, and I hope that um, you have gained some insightful information. If you would like any more information, please feel free to reach out to each of these uh, chiefs at their respective department, and uh, we hope that you all have a fantastic Friday.